Conscious Enterprisers. I'm Roxana Rafetcha, the founder of Conscious Enterprises, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Magdalena Sartori knows how to bring a vision to life. She speaks five languages, has lived internationally all around the world, and is now the chief creative officer of The Assemblage which is an innovative and co innovative co-working space that houses some of the most impactful businesses, startups, and entrepreneurs in the consciousness movement. From an extraordinary global perspective, Magdalena has been the visionary eye behind the interior design and planning for the assemblage, which is also New York City's very first crowdfunded commercial development, which is said to have cost over $400 million. Working with renowned interior design firm Meyer Davis, which, who are responsible for the interiors of countless stunning properties, including my personal favorite, The One Hotel, Magdalena has integrated her commitment to biophilia and an active feedback approach to create the perfect space. In this profound conversation, we discuss Magdalena's unique background, her experience overseeing a creative vision that has come to life, finding alignment and surrendering to your purpose, the significance of your intentions behind your actions, Ayurveda, and entrepreneurship. Please enjoy this conversation and please follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, and we're on Facebook. And you can always find us at www.conscious.enterprises. So I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you so much um, for having me. The last time actually I was in the John Street location, um, it was a hard hat tour, mm. and so everything was still under construction. So this, I mean, this room's beautiful. The whole space is just like really stunning. So it's really great to be here. Um, so Magdalena, you are the chief uh, creative officer of The Assemblage. Um, and I want to start off by reading a couple lines from the website about The Assemblage. The Assemblage is a co-working space for the enlightened at the intersection of technology, consciousness, and capital. Um, you guys also claim on the site to improve the world around us. We need to uncover new frameworks and methods that enable businesses to have a positive social impact and turn a profit. Um, so in your own words, what is the Assemblage um, and what is your goal here? Yeah, so um, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, so really the assemblage is a place for um, people to come in and just go through their own self-transformation and by doing that infuse the, their action in the world through, with their best energy. Um, so we created containers uh, with co-working, co-living and social spaces where you can just easily just go through your day uh, and stay in the highest vibration possible. Um, so we work with Ayurvedic food, there is no alcohol in the space, we have botanical plants that enhance you, uh, we do daily meditations, uh, we eat together, breakfast and lunch, uh, we do it communally. Um, as you see, like the spaces are designed in a way where you can like feel a bit more connected with your body and with yourself. So by creating those containers for people, we're just helping them be their highest expression, so that their action is infused with that energy. Beautiful, I love it. Um, what do entrepreneurs that are moving into this space with their businesses, what, are, what do you think that they're valuing about the space that they're not getting at other 
co-working spaces like we work and I mean there's so many out there now mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, it's twofold this one is um, personal to feel more connected like I was saying like not mm -hmm. to have to think about where to eat your lunch where to go for your daily meditation or where to do your gym uh, just have everything under one roof uh, that solves the small issues uh, of your daily life um, it's amazing because it frees up space for other things to actually create and create action in the world. Yeah. And the second one is community. Uh, so really being able uh, to be in a space with people that share your values and are working towards the same thing, uh, the same evolution of humanity, um, it helps you also, in a way, uh, elevate yourself and elevate your actions. Right. Great. Um, and you yourself have a really interesting background, very international. Um, I kind of wanted to hear about how you grew up, grew up, and um, what brought you, brought, uh, sorry, what brought you to New York City. So yeah, I was born in Uruguay. Yeah, from Uruguayan parents. I left Uruguay when I was five with my mom, who went to study in Paris for her PhD. So she nice. took me and my brother with her. And we spent a few years in Paris, and then she moved to Geneva to, uh, to work for the UN. Um, so it's pretty interesting to grow up that way, uh, like seeing uh, actually where we were in Geneva, it's very international. Uh, at school I, I was with all types of different cultures and people from different places. Um, and, and it just helped me understand the world as like in, in its globality. Um, so I, I finished uh, high school and I moved to Lausanne to study architecture at Polytechnic. Um, Polytechnic. Polytechnic, okay. yeah. Um, and then I went to Hong Kong for a few years oh, to work wow. as an architect. I lived in Doha, Dubai, a few months with oh the National Museum. Literally everywhere. Guitar, yeah. <laughs> um, and I moved back to Paris and I, I realized I became an architect because I wanted to create spaces and envision mm. spaces. And I realized that I actually didn't want to be a service provider, but I want to be the developer. Oh, so okay. that's why I moved to New York to do my master's in real estate development at okay. Columbia University, which is my school, uh, and that was seven years ago. Okay. And, and when I moved to New York, I knew I was never going to leave. Really? What I was it about really, New York? I don't know. You know, I've been a vegetarian for years, yeah. and um, I just always like really like this, um, um, just this way of living in New York City, yeah. where it's like more conscious in a way. Oh, really? You think yeah. so? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So comparatively to the other places you've lived so far, you think it's more conscious here? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah, no, I mean, there is a way of uh, approaching life in New York City. Yeah. Where it's, you have the two extremes, right? Like the, yes. Like, I, you know, the workaholic, yes. and, like crazy life, work balance, but then you also have access to so much wellness. And yeah. I mean, being a vegetarian seven years ago was very random, but then in right. New York City it was very easy because you always had access to different products. That's true, there's a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and I like that you can be where you want in New York. Yes. You know, it's very free in that sense. Yeah, non-judgmental, I would say, yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. I, yeah, I decided to make, make it my home. Yeah. How, how many languages do you speak? Five. Five. Okay, so yeah. what are they? 
So I speak Spanish at home. Okay. My mom, we always spoke Spanish. Um, and then I grew up speaking French. Okay. And then I went to Swiss school, so I right. learned Italian and German. Oh my God, everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think that that has an influence in the way you think about the world. I'm sure like it does. You structure your thoughts. I feel like every time you add a language to the brain, like it just must open something else. You know what I mean? It just opens yeah. another door of like thinking, I feel like. Yeah. That's very interesting. <laughs> Um, what is the inspiration? Um, I know Rodrigo Nino is the uh, founder here. What was his inspiration behind the space? So he had a, a vision of the space uh, years ago after getting uh, healed from uh, cancer, yes. uh, stage 3 melanoma. And he had this initial vision of uh, interconnectedness that we're all seeing and, and we're all kind of feeling uh, right now. Um, so he started seeing that very early on, he transformed his business from real estate funding to crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. um, and then once he crowdfunded all the buildings, um, we were actually looking at operators at the time, and then we just decided that we would just create our own operator because we had a very clear vision of how yes. what this should be. Um, that said, the vision was very, at a very esoteric level. So we spent two years where he invited me uh, into the company to actually start envisioning how would the operation look like, mm. uh, how would, what would the brand be, right? Like how would it actually manifest into something, right? Um, so yeah, it's mean it's it was a birth process literally because we were re innovating so much, so we were. Like, finding it and we also had to just let it be what it needed to be. Right, so right. Kind of get out of the way and just let it ma manifest in a way. How long was this process from like ideation to I guess today when it's you know built and opened? That was like a two year process. Oh it was, yeah. wow. Two and a half years. That's great. What was um what was like the most challenging part for you on the creative side? Um well, I was managing director of, of, oh, okay. of the brands for two years, and I set up the initial operation, the initial team, and I think the, the most difficult thing is that we were all going through our own sales transformation as we were doing it. Along. Interesting. Uh, so we were in, in a journey, um, and the most difficult part is always uh, to get out of your mind and your ego, mm -hmm. and just to let things flow and, and flow in their own timing. Right. You know, I feel like we tend to try to control the process yeah. and, and that blocks certain channels. Yeah. So we kind of learn as we're going to just let things come and like to also manage from a different place. Okay. It's, uh, to manage the company in a way where you're kind of like yeah. being the steward of it. Okay. Of Letting it manifest. It's like a child, you know. Right. Just be there, support it to be what it is. But let it kind be. of grow on its own, sort of a thing. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like a lot of people do not use that perspective in business at all. No, and then we block so much energy by doing right. that because we project our own vision into something, right. and 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 it's not. It's not our own ownership. I think that we're just manifesting things that are in the collective. Right. And then if something turns out a little bit different, you kind of freak out because it wasn't a part of your own controlled idea yeah. of what it was supposed to be, and then you're blocking it what, from its true essence, probably, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Um, so the assemblage is the first crowdfunded co-working space um, in Manhattan, uh, which is so phenomenal and amazing. Um, how do you think that impacts the space here as a crowdfund, crowdfunded uh, commercial space? 
But I really believe that things have an energy. Mm -hmm. I've been studying Feng Shui. Oh, cool. And I think that the fact that this is, these buildings are not owned by any corporation or yeah. any high net worth individual, but actually owned by very simple people, uh, by the crowd, literally, yeah. uh, it makes something in the space. It creates like a different vibration in the yeah. space. And I think that people feel that. Right. Um, and it also changes the fact that we are not responding to any uh, greed structure. Yeah. We're actually responding just to like genuinely make money for our investors from to providing something good for them. Right. It's really an embodiment of our ethos of doing well we doing good. Yeah, so everyone who invested was genuinely, I guess, a part trusted in and believed in what mm -hmm. the space was. So they're not they're probably less I mean I'm sure everyone wants to make money, but they're probably a little it's less a, concerned about return as than the quality of what they're building here, right? Yeah, it's a mix of both. Yeah. Because you cannot uh, you cannot forget the other side. Right. We, we still want to make money for investors right. and of course. we still always want to make money, but it's more about how do you actually make money? Yeah. You know, would you rather put in a private equity fund that's doing mining and oil, or would right. you put in something that's creating something good? That's such a good point. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, and I mean, the space is obviously really beautiful. Um, I know Myers Davis was the um, interior designer. Did you yeah. ever see that whole process? Yes. Because I know this was like a yes. four hundred million dollar development or whatever mm -hmm. it was. Um, what was that process like working with Myers Davis? I love their work because I know they've done the one hotel yes. and all these beautiful, beautiful spaces. Yeah, and uh, we, when we were interviewing for interior designers, uh, the one hotel was the oh really? Point, you know where I said, yeah. okay, this this is going somewhere. Yeah. where it's getting closer to what we want to do. Um, and not only Mayor Davis, but also Plan the Future, so our landscape designer. Oh, okay. Uh, who also worked at the One Hotel. Oh, the One Hotel. We used that team uh, that came on board. And it was an interesting process because <laughs> we uh, started working with them two years ago. And okay. we, we were creating the brand as we were going. Oh, so interesting. We didn't really know uh, what we were creating. It's yeah. Like, you know, we had this vision. Did it have a name yet? It had the name very okay, early on, name, yeah, right. yeah. Um, but it, it changed so much in right. those two years. So there were a lot of changes and moving pieces. And even the day before we opened, we didn't really know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and we still made a lot of changes yeah. at the end. Um, and, and they've been amazing at really, like, going through the process with us and envisioning yeah. how would you create a space for collaboration. Mm. That's an initial thought. Like how would you design the spaces in a way where you create more connections with people and more intimacy. Yes. Um, so yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was a tough process. I'm sure. But we are, like, all, the whole team is very happy with how you how many, together. Um, how many concepts rounds did you go through before <laughs> you, you came upon this one? Went through a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm sure. A lot of those. I'm sure a lot and of them. And even when after opening, we, mm -hmm. we said, well, this is how I think that the, the space has to look like. Right. But let's, we need to let people also come oh, on it. Right. So we started looking at how people started using the spaces, mm -hmm. and we made adjustments based on that. Oh, you did? Yeah. Like what? What did you adjust? Like we had this uh, in, in normal, we had uh -huh. this mezzanine yeah. that was a meeting room right. initially. 
So we opened, there was a table coming the oh. week after. And once the table uh, came, we actually realized that people were using it to kind of hang out and sit around the room because oh. it was like long there. So we said, let's, you know what, let's, so let's just, just scrap bring, it. Yeah. <laughs> let's just bring some cushions. Interesting. Um, cushions and make that. And that actually became our programming space now. Oh, cool. Yeah, the, the main the floor, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. That's like the best yeah. part about that space. Yeah. How yeah. interesting. So Very there cool. was a lot of um, design from uh, bottom up. Right. Just getting the feedback and ownership of, of the space. Very cool. And That's obviously, great. it was a very different process opening John Street because yeah. we already knew what our community wanted to yes. come at. So, John Street was a much smoother process. It was, okay. And yeah, and Park Avenue is even more. Yeah, when is the Park Avenue uh, one due to open? It's due in April of next year. Oh, okay. That's coming up too. And what's going to be the is it going to be similar or? It's going to be just office space and mm -hmm. um, and two elixir bars. Okay. And we're going to have a public restaurant in the bottom. Oh right, I heard about that. That's exciting. I'm yeah. excited about the restaurant. Great. Um, in your own career and personal life, how have you experienced the connection between intention and outcome? Mm -hmm. um, do you think that the assemblage is a, is a reflection of that? How intentions become yeah. outcome? Yeah, completely. What I always say um, is that most in, more important than the action itself is the intention that you have behind the action, because that transforms the action itself. Right. Um, and so here at Sandwich, I've been experimenting a lot with that. Oh, yeah? To what it actually means to put intention into a space. Yeah. Um, a lot of our textiles, for example, come from indigenous tribes in uh, Latin America, Mexico, and Peru, cool. mostly. And they've been made by women. Uh, Very space. cool. So bringing that energy into the space, I mean, it's critical, and I do think that it's important. I think that people feel it. In a way. Yeah. Um, and somehow it reconnects us all. Yeah. Um, and then having living plants, living beings in yes. space. It's also really important because your brain picks up to those vibrations and we feel less isolated. Yeah. And one of the issues in New York City is that we created this human energy vortex mm -hmm. where we live as if we were disconnected from nature. Right. And so restoring that connection to living systems makes us feel more connected with ourselves as right. well. Yeah, the plants is a huge, huge touch here, like all the greenery on the walls and everything, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. that's been a really important part of the ethos. Yeah. Um, we call it biophilic design. Okay. It's that hypothesis. That biophilic? Said. Biophilic, yeah. Okay. Biophilia is a hypothesis oh. that says that human beings, human beings lost the connection with living systems. Interesting. Um, yeah. Biophilia tends to suggest that we're connection. Yeah. Great. Um, how is this, this is kind of an obvious question, but uh, how is the assemblage serving a higher purpose? Um, so I think that it's through just providing containers for people to mm -hmm. come and go through their own self-transformation and, and just do the action that they need to do in the world in the easiest way, you know, okay. by providing the perfect environment for them to just eat the best food, meditate, be in spaces of connection, and then providing the community the yeah. means that they need as well. Great. Yeah, I think that what's great about um, the space is, because what's lacking in a lot of corporate America in general, I think, is, and it's, it's growing, but um, it's having wellness ingrained into corporate culture is something that is kind of blossoming right now. 
And what's great about this space is that, you know, these small businesses are moving in here and the amenities are already there. So the wellness is already built into mm -hmm. the space, which is really cool. Um, do you have any yeah. thoughts on like, on how uh, corporations should be doing better at integrating wellness, um, meditation, you know, sound baths, yoga, whatever it is, mm -hmm. to help people kind of flourish and thrive in their workspace? Yeah, I think it's all about, again, like putting that intention yeah. into spaces of like creating spaces that are uh, flexible and adaptable for yeah. us to leave. The way we design offices in the last 30 years, yeah. since 80s, it's um, it's just not human. Right. You know, it doesn't foster human connection. Right. It doesn't foster you to connect with your body. So it's 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 a very simple adjustments of how to design the offices. But I also think that it's important not to be isolated as a corporation mm -hmm. and then maybe be with other corporations and, and share cultures. Yeah. Um, because you can also very easily become a, like like a Google type of thing where it becomes like a unique culture uh, uh, that becomes ghettoized from right. other influences. That's a good point. So that's why I like here to have different companies mm -hmm. that maybe have their own uh, culture and they bring it back into the space as well. Right. And, and we provide them with the basic culture of just taking care of your body, um, yeah. eating well, and just having spaces for gathering. Great, great point. Um, so, I mean, you clearly have a commitment to, commitment to wellness in this co-working space, um, with all the meditations and the sound baths and the yoga um, and the events. Um, what is your personal routine like? How do you take mm -hmm. care of yourself? Well, so I'm a recovered workaholic. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's really important balance. Yeah. Uh, to really find balance through the day and through the weeks. Um, I... For me, it's very important to connect with my feminine side mm -hmm. because I've been like purely connecting with my masculine my whole life, just you know, working, working, to, yeah, to masters and working yeah. and like really exhausting myself. Yeah. So connecting with that feminine is what helps me bring that energy into my work, and I do it through dancing, dancing meditation. Oh, wow. So I do five rhythms, which is a type of dance. Five rhythms. Five rhythms. Okay. Yeah. It's a type of dance that. Uh, you do blindfolded yeah. and I do it every morning. Um, How cool! Blindfolded. Yeah. Okay. Is it like interpretive dance? Like you're just kind of doing. It's a, it's like a meditation, but okay. you meditate through your body, and you actually connect with what's going on in your body. Because sometimes we're not listening to our body; we're just stuck in right. our mind and listening to our mind. Right. So it takes your awareness back into your body. Interesting. And then you can dance out different emotions. Cool. So I do that every morning. That's really important. For how long? For me, for twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, spending time, uh, self care is so yeah. important. Um, so really think that everything that you put out and you create in the world is infused with that energy. Yes. Um, so I follow an Ayurvedic diet. You do. Okay. Yeah, that's been. Uh, Why don't you explain for people that don't know what Ayurvedic diet is? Um, explain a little bit about that. So Ayurveda is an ancient way of eating, mm -hmm. uh, feeding your body. Um, you first have to identify your own dosha of mm -hmm. what your body type is, because we need different things depending on what type of um, energy or elements we have inside. Right. Um, three, there are three types of doshas, and you're usually a mix of them. Yeah. 
so you eat according to your body type, mm -hmm. uh, and then you eat according to the cosmos and, and the planets. So you're not supposed to eat the same things in winter and in summer. Right. Uh, and that's something that actually changed my life to stop eating salads in winter. Right. Because that's not natural. Your body wants the body. warmth. Yeah. Your body wants the warm and cooked vegetables. Yeah. Um, so you feel that you're aligned with the universe in general because it's amazing. Just aligned with the seasons. Awesome. Anything else? Um, well, I do so much. Really. <laughs> I'm sure. I figured you'd have some good ones. <laughs> Give me one, like um, one more. One more favorite. So one, one that's really important for yeah. me is the 3 p.m. meditation. Okay. Which is something that I did before when I had my office in Wall Street. I would always yeah. stop at 3 p.m. have a 10 minute meditation and reconnect yeah. because that's the moment where you are in your lowest frequencies. Right. That's usually when everyone goes on the caffeine crash. And that's, that's when true. you go for the machines, yeah. the the bar. It's true. Uh, yeah. Or the coffee. Yeah. Which actually acts accelerates even more and then you have a big crash after five or yes. six. So at 3 p.m. I stop, I do my meditation and that's something that we implemented here in the space. Mm -hmm. uh, at 3 p.m. we have either sound, kundalini or breath work okay. for 45 minutes and that really changes everything. Oh, I'm changes sure. to stop. Like, and it's very difficult when you're in the middle of your day to actually stop. Right. And say, you know what, I'm actually going to take care of myself right. for 45 minutes so that I can be better for the world. Right. Do you um, notice like a shift after that 3 o'clock when everyone comes back out and gets back to work? Do you feel like everyone's like re-energized? Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. People should just do that instead of 3 p.m. coffee around exactly. the world. Can you yeah. imagine yeah. that? Like, like Starbucks would go yeah, out of business exactly. though. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, that's great. Um, uh, in your experience with working with all these enlightened startups and entrepreneurs, um, what are some of the biggest trends that you're seeing um, in the industry? Hmm. So what I've been noticing is that we're moving towards a world that really understands more the interconnectedness of yeah. things. And I see, uh, I see that it becomes more and more difficult to just start sectorize or identify industries or sectors. Okay. You know, a lot of people ask me like, what's your main uh, fo industry focus at Assemblage? Yeah. And it's really nothing. You know, okay. it's uh, it's completely across different sectors, across different industries. It's true. So you have from tech to AI to wellness to hedge funds to right. design, you know, like, it's really everything. Right. And I feel like now we're moving towards a world where each business is more integrated okay. and more holistic in a way, more holistic approach. Yeah. Where an AI company may be working with also health or nutrition and different things and it becomes more, uh, we're moving away from that way of seeing the world into like industries. Yeah. I hope so. I think that that would be, I mean, that would be ideal, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's the same in, in, in health, you know, yeah. I was yesterday talking about it. Yeah. How also health become this holistic, became a holistic. That's true. Thing. Yeah. It is slowly shifting the healthcare industry as well. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you encountered while uh, building the assemblage? We talked a little bit about yeah. uh, the design thing. Anything else yeah. that uh, comes to mind? Um, I always say the biggest challenge is always our own ego and our own mind. That is that true. That gets in the way. Right. You know? So it's just like, again, to reconnect, realign, yeah. and just get out of the mind to let things flow the way they're supposed to. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable sharing any of your own ego um, hmm. issues that came up that you had to work on? 
Yeah, I mean, I call ego the mind. Yeah. So it's anything that's like a too structured way of not thinking yeah. about something. Yeah. Um, we, that's by the way how we learn to you know, be in the world is through our ego and our mind. Right. And even, you know, going to business school is like they teach you a way of managing things that's so. Uh, it's so controlling and misaligned with the yeah. way, like letting things come to you sometimes is more important right. than you open to opportunities and yes. just like make business plans and, and try to control the outcomes. Right. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful message. Um, shifting gears a little bit, what do you think makes businesses and leaders successful today? Mm. So. First thing we need to define what successful means because I have a very different idea of what Yeah, it let's means talk about today. that first then. Yeah, so how um, do you define success then? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I obviously used to think that success was material success or right. um, you know, just or power structure. So the more power, the more wealth you accumulate, the more yeah. successful you are. And I grew up with that kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. That's what I was taught in school. Right. That's the environment where we kind of live today. Right. Um, so now, for me, success uh, means like how how much you know who you are and how much you know what you're here for. Yeah. And how aligned you are with your own purpose. Uh, for me, means success. And I look yeah. up for leaders. Uh, that are fully aligned with what they need to bring into the world. Okay, great. And so you think that that have knowing that is what makes those leaders successful? Definitely, Understanding yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you spending the time to know yourself and understand yeah. your purpose, uh, it's really important because that's what's gonna make your success. Yeah. It's like, I feel like we are like organisms in a body. Uh, right. Small cells in the organism. Right. And each cell has a specific purpose. Yeah. So if you're a heart and you're trying to be the lung, then you're <laughs> not going to be successful. Right, right. That makes sense. Um, where do you see the state of the world um, five years from now? And how do you see yourself and the assemblage uh, contributing to it? Um, I stopped thinking in that space-time <laughs> <laughs> approach yeah. uh, a few years ago yeah. because I had so many plans yeah. and so many times and it never happened the right. way you expected. Right. Um, so I really see the five-year plan as um, what do we want to implement in the world Okay. and then how to get there, it's going to be revealed as yes. we go. Okay. Uh, so stop having these five-year goals. Yeah. I do think it's important to have a vision. Right. Um, and I feel like assemblage uh, would be an important and will become something important uh, to show people the way of how they want to live, how they want to work, yeah. how to stay more connected. And obviously, I would love to see assemblage in different cities. And yeah. Uh, even outside in nature, right. out of cities and out of cities, and providing that container for yeah. people to create what they need to create. Right. I see it as, as a soil where people can come plant their own seeds and grow from here. That's beautiful. Do you guys have plans to expand to other places? Yes, we're yeah. just starting to oh, look cool. into it. Yes. That's exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Um, my last question I was I always like to leave people with is, um, What's a valuable piece of advice that you would like to give to other entrepreneurs that are creating their businesses with conscious intentions? 
I think it's everything that we said. Yeah. So really uh, spending your time to be fully aligned with what you're supposed to do. Uh, also uh, take care of yourself yeah. first. Um, I see a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that are so passionate by the action that they're bringing to the world that they right. completely forget about taking care of themselves. Right. And, and it's very counterintuitive. Right. But the time you spend taking care of yourself and meditating infuses the action. In the right. World. Great. So it's really to stop and hold space for right. yourself um, and learn to do that before creating action. Beautiful. Thank you so much. This was great. Do you have anything else that you wanted to add that I didn't ask you? Anything you wanted to talk about? No, I think we're good. Thank you so good. much. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great.